The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, and I have with me today the one, the only, Mr. Sam Ambruski, and welcome to Hoop Ball Grizz, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? He knows where we're at today. He wasn't sure last time. <laughs> I was not sure. <laughs> Uh, Sam, there's a lot of news, a lot of basketball stuff going on. The, I don't know if it's, okay, so the all the basketball in the bubble has been great. It's been nutty great. So, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's, okay, we went with this span, which was not as long as the standard offseason, but it was just weird the way that it went down. It gets shut down, then it comes back, and so we go without sports, period, for a while, and it's like, okay, is that what made this this much better? Or is it just really good basketball? Maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. I think it's I mean, I think it's just really good basketball. Yeah. Well Bam's block on Jason Tatum last night. That entire game was a good game to start off the Eastern Conference Finals. It's gonna be an interesting series. I still like Boston to win that series. I think that they figured out Hayward is not far from returning. He's out for the next game, but he is back in the bubble going through the quarantine stuff. He just is not back back yet. So they will get him back at some point. I don't know how effective he's going to be with the time that he missed, but that is, I don't know, fourth best player, third, fourth, fifth. I don't know where uh, he uh, On that team. I'd say I, somewhere I would, between yeah. three, three to five. I, I think say, well, originally, you got Ken, Kimball Walker – you got Jason, Jason Tatum. Tatum. Those though like and not in that order. I think Tatum I, is the best. That's what I was so gonna say. So Tatum and Kimba. He's great. And then to me, you like I maybe four or five. I, I don't I won't even give me well, three because I think Jalen Brown is better. Well, maybe now. Um maybe now. That's yeah, Marcus between Marcus Smart and Hayward, that, that one's close. That's uh the Marcus Smart that showed up last night. <laughs> I saw a tweet, and I like we talk about Twitter a lot, but I I don't care. It's part of it. It's, it is it's what funny. It is. Like this dude's like, we need to have a serious conversation about when Marcus Smart and Seth Curry done a body swap. <laughs> 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 you know, he, he had ripped off like he. What, what he had, he had like eleven points in the third or something like that, and we're just burying threes. And I'm like, who? What? Marcus Smart don't do this. He what is crack going cocaine. on? So <laughs> he's hitting been the pipe. <laughs> really good basketball. The uh the all NBA teams were named, the all rookie teams were named. And one thing, Sam, on the last show were bums, man. Complete bums. Yes. Ja Morant, I guess Rookie of the Year. Honest to goodness, man. The reason that I didn't talk about it on the show was that announced when we did the last. It one? was. Whoa. It was. We're, we are bums. We're going to change our name to the bums. I, I didn't talk about it because it wasn't a surprise to me. Well, no. I'm like, there's no way that anybody else beats him for Rookie of the Year. Shout out to Brandon, by the way. I told you so. <laughs> like there, there was one guy. That voted for Zion in the Rookie of the Year voting. You know who you are. You suck. Trash can. But it, it <laughs> was. It, it should have been unanimous. It should have been unanimous Rookie of the Year. I, I, I'm not trying to 
discount what Zion done in his time. Zion was extremely effective. If Zion was healthy all year and he played at the same level that he has in the short period of time that we watched him play, I think Zion wins the rookie of the year. He probably I, because he you know, probably like, would have if he if he maintains the same level as what he played throughout the the short term that he did, his numbers would have been better than Jaws. I don't know that he had he definitely didn't have more impact on his team. Ja was leading this team. Zion was an important cog in his team. I was about to say, but Drew, he was never leading. Drew he, was doing more than yeah. He, Drew Holiday, yes. Derek Favors, JJ Redick, and Redick is not a, a starter, but he's been around the league. He is a true professional. There, there are players on that team. Brandon Ingram was, was in line Brandon, for most improved players. That was Brandon's. You, you know, it, it's the, there are guys. He, that are on that team that Zion didn't have to lead it. Yeah. John Morant was a leader on this team. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Big 12. I'm not surprised. I knew it was coming. So No, no surprises here. That I, was I completely apologize honest. that we slacked <laughs> on some news there on John Morant winning rookie Everybody of the year. Everybody knew anyway. If you didn't know he was going to win, are you really a Grizzlies fan? Do you even really? watch basketball? Really? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all right. So NBA All First Team, our NBA All Rookie First Team, came out today. Ja Morant and Brandon Clark are both on Bo- that team. Both of the them. first team All Rookies. Both, both of, of them, them made it. Sam, yo, I bet Sam doesn't know this. I probably don't. I'm gonna see if he oh can gosh. guess it. When, Shot in the dark. when was the last time this happened for the Memphis Grizzlies? Oh gosh, no, <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, 2002. Uh, you didn't miss by much, man. You actually, technically, you didn't miss. Yeah. Do you know who the players were? No, I don't. He just threw a random year I sure out did. There. Hang on, hang on, hang on. 2002. It was a 2001-2002 season. Oh, gosh. I was like seven. Not really. I was older than that, but still. Oh, man. Making him think. Is it Pal? Is Pal? Was Pal, Pal was, was one, one of them? Yeah. Okay. Oh, don't cheat. Don't I'm not. Cheat. Put that phone down. Don't you cheat. Don't do it. You made it this it. far by sheer love. Oh, man. Pal, Pal Gasol and one other guy. I will give you a hint. He played college basketball at Duke. Oh, no. <laughs> and in the history of the Grizzlies, he made one of the biggest threes in the playoffs. Made, he made a very important three in a playoff game for the Grizzlies. What year was it? Oh, man. You're killing me, Sam. Zach Randolph. No. Dang it. Zach didn't play. Dude. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> he was out of it. He got two out of three. Well done, man. <laughs> this is the first time it's happened for the Grizzlies since Shane Battier and Pau Gasol in 2001. I was thinking him, too, and I was just. I thought mm, the dude. I thought that would get yeah, it for Yeah, because uh, I'm not sure where Zach Randolph played college. Oh, dude. It, I You know, maybe we should know that. I don't know that either. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, because Shane Battier popped in my head, but I again, I don't know a whole lot with college, and I know some, but I should have just went. I should have just said Shane Battier because <laughs> I, I was totally thinking it. Anyway, right. so the rest of the first team goes like this: You got Eric Pascal from the Golden State Warriors, deserved well deserving. He, yes. he played well this year on a uh, injury-ridden uh, Golden State team, and Kendrick Nunn. That's a no-brainer. Oh yeah, he was a finalist in the the Rookie of the Year voting, and Zion was the fifth one. And, you know, that that is, um, to me, I think they got that completely right. There's not anybody. The only guy that you may argue from the second team that would deserve to be on the first team would be Tyler Hero. 
Tyler Hero, but you know I don't know who you're replacing on the first team. Yeah, that's oh, exactly what I was just thinking. The, uh, the all rookie second team: Kobe White from Chicago, Tyler Hero, yeah. Terrence Davis from Toronto, PJ Washington from Charlotte, and Rui Hachimura. Rui from the Washington Wizards. Let's go. Um, if you couldn't tell by my announcement, I like Rui. I like some Rui too. Yeah, man. he's another Gonzaga guy. Um, he played well. So that's the all rookie teams. Sam, Yo. who you know the first team? We talked <laughs> oh, about no. that, that the all NBA team. Okay, I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to do. I it was to about you. to say yeah because so I haven't seen the second team. <laughs> first, second, third team all NBA. The first team was LeBron, Luka, Giannis, Harden, and AD. No surprises there. No. You can argue that Joker. I probably, think Jokic should have been in there. That's it, just me, I, but in my he's the best center in the NBA. Best offensive center in the NBA. And, you know, AD doesn't really like to play center, but that's fine. I, it's not really position. No. No much. But, uh, for, again, first team, LeBron, Luka, Giannis, Harden, AD. Second team, Kawhi, Joker, Dame, CP3, and Siakam. There's everybody else. <laughs> and third team, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Russ Westbrook, and Rudy Gobert. Other than Sam and I both agree that Joker should have been mm. on the first team. I have no problem, but like Anthony Davis, I don't have a problem with any of the guys that made the first team. Obviously, they're elite guys. They deserve to make the all-NBA teams. I just, as far as what somebody means to their team, there's nobody on that first team that means more to his team than what Joker means to the Nuggets. And what he does, you know, there's plenty of talk. He's easily the best passing center to ever play the game. You know, you could talk um, the uh, Sabonis, not Sabonis is playing right oh, now, Arvidas. but yeah, he was an excellent passer, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have, like, Jokic runs this offense a lot. Point center, man. And Sabonis did not do that. And, and it's a different game now than what it was back then. So maybe Sabonis had that skill set. There's always holes in that. But overall, I don't think that there's a, a better all-around center, like, for what he can do. He can bring the ball to the floor. He can run the offense, facilitator. He can score, rebound. In the league right now, there's not a center that's better than him. There's nothing you're going to do to convince me of that. Nope. I don't want to hear nothing. There's nobody that you can even argue with. Um, I know one person that argued that. Center? Better center? Mm -hmm. Okay, so who, who would they say? Who would you say is a better center. This is what they would say. They'd say Joel Embiid. Well, when Joel Embiid makes it out of the second round of the, well, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But when he plays more than 65 games in a year, come holler at mm-hmm. me. I, I absolutely, I mean, I you know how I feel about Jokic. He's the man. Yeah. But uh, he would, uh, they would tell you that. I'm yeah. not going to mention Garrett's name on here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, he he's would. high. He's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so on the second and third team, is there anybody that you would take off to put on for the NBA, like the the second or third team? Read read, read off the third team again. Uh, Third team is Tatum, Butler, Gobert, Simmons, and Russ. Sounds pretty good. Read off the second team. Uh, Kawhi, Jokic, Dame, CP3, Siakam. No. Not changing anybody? I don't think so, man. Well... Cause dang, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I. Those are pretty good. Besides, Jokic to be on second team should be first. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't. 
I can't disagree with those. Those are okay. I mean, the, the only argument you can make, and and I don't like even arguing for him because I was just arguing against him. But Embiid, well, is is a guy that you could maybe put on the third team over Gobert. You know, and that's like Gobert is not the offensive presence that Embiid is, but Embiid is not the defensive presence that Gobert is. So it's oh my gosh, you know, there's kind of two ways to that. But anyway, so there it is: all rookie teams, all NBA teams named today. Congratulations to BC and Ja for making the all rookie first team. Yes. So more third team. Third team. Third team. Take Russell Westbrook off and put Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, there you my go. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. The Wildebeest. Jaeger. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sam, you got to quit drinking before we do these, man. Whoops. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. Some more uh, Grizzlies news. They did hire two new assistant coaches after uh, Coach Ivy moved on to go back and coach her alma mater, Notre Dame. Going to miss her, but, you know, it's not a surprise to me that she went back. Her Twitter handle has been Iris Coach Ivy. It never changed. And that's, you know, congratulations. She, She was great in Memphis, and I enjoyed having her here. Wish her nothing but the best. Her son is going to be, uh, if they play college basketball this year, you're going to see her uh, her son playing for Vanderbilt. Cool. So look forward to watching him, That'll seeing how neat. he develops. Um, you know, just kind of even though she is gone from Memphis, it still gives you a uh, a little bit of connection of her son being connected to Memphis. So we'll see how that goes. But the two new coaches, Darko Ryakovich. He was with Phoenix last year. He spent time in Phoenix and OKC. And then the uh, the coach that I guess you would say was a direct re- replacement for Coach Ivy was uh, Sonia Ramon. She was uh, with MIT, the women's coach for MIT for 12 years. So assistant coaches and, and what they do in the game, there's a lot that they do. There's a lot of things, but... Just two names I wanted to put them out there so you know about the changes. Not going to go into a whole lot of, like, not a a big discussion here. Not a whole lot to talk about. Excited to see what those guys bring to the table. Uh, Coach Ramon had a lot of success at MIT over the 12 years. Um, She won conference titles and made it to the uh, NCAA tournament with a small school. And that's doing something. So, uh, you know, Darko with uh, Phoenix and OKC developing some young talent. And it's... um, it's good to have people like that, people that can develop young talent because the Grizzlies are young. We've got a lot of young talent on this roster. Couple so, yep, we will see uh, see where that goes. Congratulations to those two, and welcome to the team. Sam. Yo. The draft date is set, man. It is. Happy birthday to Sam. Happy birthday to me. So, <laughs> it is November 18th. It's the day I was hatched. That, those were kind of that was the date that was originally like after they postponed it. That was a date that was dropped. Yeah, they came out and said that could be, and then it was be. made official. But there's still the loophole of subject to change. Well, they don't need to change it. I feel like maybe it's because I've just stopped watching news. But I, I think that you know the. Everything that they, everything that's been going on as far as the, you know, 
COVID virus and all of that is kind of losing steam a little bit. And they're developing, you know, they're talking about vaccines maybe out by the end of the year. So things are falling into place. The NBA pushing it back again. You know, we said last time they want to have fans in these ball, in the, the, the stadiums, arenas, whatever you want to call it. They want to have fans in there. So pushing stuff back a little bit is not a surprise. We got a date set. It's locked in. Barring any type of crazy changes, that's when it's going to be. We're going to keep covering draft prospects between now and then. And, uh, you know, gives us plenty of time. We can we can cover pretty well anybody and everybody that's going to be right in that range. So you will at least have an idea of the guys that are in that, in that 40 range, barring any type of trades from the Grizzlies. So that gives us time to move on. Before we get into our draft prospects for today, we're going to talk about our sponsor here at Hootball. Not sponsor, partner. Partner. We're going to call them a partner, Sam. They're partners. MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is running a special right now. If you go over there and you sign up using the promo code Hootball, they will match your initial deposit 100%. Website, again, is MyBookie.ag. Promo code is Hootball. They have more lines and better odds than any other sports book out there. Guys... Go and look at what they have to offer. There is tons of stuff to bet on. The NBA playoffs are winding down here. We got the Eastern Conference Finals. The Western Conference Finals is set. We got the Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. If basketball is not your thing, why are you listening to this podcast? But thank you. If it's not, I appreciate Appreciate you listening. But if there's other stuff that you want to bet on, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, anything and everything that you can think of, it is available over at mybookie.ag. And again, our promo code is HoopBall. It gets you a 100% initial deposit match. It's simple. You go to MyBookie, you sign up, you bet, you win, and they pay you. That's it. MyBookie.ag, promo code HoopBall. Moving on to the draft prospects. on up. Sam, who is our first prospect that we're going to cover tonight? Skylar Mays. Skylar Mays is a six foot. I'm just going to call him a guard from LSU. He's six foot four inch guard from LSU with a six foot six wingspan. Sam, come on with some stats for him, buddy. We got some stats. We're going to do his most recent one with LSU, the 2019-20. Okay. Played. Do you have anything other than those, or is that just... I've got, I've got from 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, Okay, 20. Do, let's do 19, 20, and then do the career stats. Okay, let's do that. Yep. All right. 2019, 20, he played in 31 games, and he started 31 of those as well. So that's good. Minutes per game was right at the 34, 35 mark. Field goal percentage, almost 50%. Three-point, almost 40, 39 I like that. I like seeing that free throw. 85. Rebounds right at the five mark. Assists is 3.2. Steals is 1.8. Blocks, we're not going to talk about those. And uh, points is 16.7. That was last year's. You only you only had him at 50% on his field goals? That's what I, yeah, field goal percentage is 491. Oh, okay. I don't I had 55%, but I mean, either way, that's that's I mean it's still I don't right know. at 50%. I think this is the right one. But, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, the, we, we had this the other day. We were looking. I looked mm-hmm. at one place. Oh, and that's, right. that's right. That's right. That's right. And they were different. But, you know, you know, like you look at the, the spread, uh, 50, 40, 90 is not out of the question for him. Nope. That, that's an elite player in the NBA. 
50, 40, 90 guys, Chris Middleton. Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, like these guys are successful NBA players. If you're like, yeah, 85 is a little low. It's not low on the free throw, but that's below the 90. But if you're shooting 85%, it's not out of the question that you can raise that up. And this is like with Skyler, he's improved every year at LSU. He's not the most athletic kid. But Sam, go back his freshman year. Give me just his splits on field goal, three-point free throw percentage. What were they? Field goal, 41. Three-pointer, 32. Well, basically 33. You said free throws as well. Uh 81. What else? No, that's it. Field goal, it. Yep. field goal, free throws, and threes. Run them by me one more time. Forty-one for a field goal. Three-point was thirty, basically thirty-three, and free throws was eighty-one. So he improved. He went from forty-one to almost fifty percent on the field goal yep. percentage. On his three-point percentage, he went up almost ten, to forty. Yeah, like ten percent. Well, it was eight. But and yeah. then his free throws have always been solid. Yeah. So he's great. put in work since he's been there. He he can shoot the wall really really good. He's a good spot-up shooter. 76% of his threes were uh, on assist. So, like, 70%, 76% of the threes that he made were assisted buckets. So, he, he can spot up. He's he's confident in his shot. He's comfortable even if he's contested. He is an above-average pick-and-roll player. He can pass the ball pretty well. And he's got an extremely high IQ. He's a pretty solid fit for the Grizzlies. This is the thing with Skylar Mays. Six foot four is a little small for the two, but he he's not he's not a bad secondary playmaker. So he his final year at LSU he kind of ran the point a little bit, but he's not a typical point guard. He's not a guy that you want initiating your offense all the time. But he is a good secondary playmaker. His size is going to kind of be the question: Is he going to be able to hold up against? bigger guards, bigger two guards in the NBA, is he going to be able to play the two being undersized? How tall is Dylan? Is he 6'6"? Six, six? Uh, I think Dylan's 6'7". Is he? Okay. I think so. I know I know he's taller, but... Yeah, D- Dylan's 6'7", for sure. So there, there's some there's some height difference there. That, that's... Yes. You know, I, we're, we're talking about all these wing guys and stuff like that, and the majority of these guys that we're talking about are going to play the two. With For me, that would shift Dylan over to the three, which I think is kind of a better fit for him rather than the two. But mm. th- there are a lot of people that think that Dylan should be a sixth man. I just worry. Oh, no. I worry about Dylan's confidence coming off the bench. Like, is he is Dylan going to accept that role? Is he Is he going to be okay? with going to the bench, coming off the bench, being that scoring option. In the past, he hasn't been. But you look at you know, you know look at a guy like Lou Williams, and that's what he's been in his career. He's been the the weapon off the bench. He's been the he's, guy. He's the, diff- he's the other example. <laughs> that's, that's the he's, – he's a what's, – what's the word I'm looking for? We're not talking about him, basically. I can't uh, think – I can't think of the word. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he's the exception. There we go. That's the word. Yeah, Skyler Mays again, six foot four guard, and I say guard because he's kind of, I mean, he's in between. He doesn't have the true skill set of a point guard, but his size kind of limits the two guard. I think he would play more two than one, 
and be a, an yeah. excellent secondary playmaker. Yeah. Um, well, because they have him listed here on this one as a point guard, shooting guard. So, yeah, I mean he's yeah, legit. That's what I say. Too. You know, like he 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 only ran the offense from everything that I read. He only ran the offense one time, like it well, not one time, but his senior year was really the only time that he was really a point guard in that offense. Other than that, he generally played the two. So that's not saying I mean, you know like De'Anthony Melton six four. His wingspan's a little bit bigger. So smaller guys can play the two. A lot of it is matchup dependent, and how much is he dependent? Like how much is he willing to work? That that's another thing. Is okay. How, how much is he going to work on the defensive end? Is he going to be big enough? Are is he going to be smart enough? Is he going to work hard enough that him being a little bit smaller is not going to be enough of a deal to make a difference that he can't do that? So that's Skylar Mays. We're moving on. To a guy that we actually had queued up to talk about early on, he's one of my favorites. He is a another at 40. He falls into the top five of the guys that I would like to see the Grizzlies target. Um, at 40, number one for me is Elijah Hughes. If he's there, I think that he is he is the best fit. Yeah. I'm not con- I'm not concerned with his defense. I think that he is athletic enough that the the weaknesses that come from playing in his own defense, he will be able, be able to overcome them without a problem. So Elijah Hughes is one, and then Jordan Wara would be two. Uh, Cassius Stanley is three. Isaiah Joe is four. And five is kind of in between, man. I, I don't know. I'm We're just going to go with a top four. We're not going to go five. There go. Four's a good number. But That's th- my there, lucky There's number. a couple That's guys good. there that are really close. Um, I and Cassius Stanley is not as good of a shooter as any of those guys, but his athleticism. One thing that tends to always, always, always transition over into the NBA game is being super athletic. Your better athletes tend to play well in the NBA, and that is, you know, not saying. That, Obviously, like one of the better players in the NBA right now, Jokic, is not a super athletic. Oh, guy. sure he is. He's, he's like super he's, quick and fit and everything. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's a pleasantly plump, hey, super he, crafty. He lost like twenty five pounds, did, but I mean, like I don't know if it was that. It's much, not a, but... a a guaranteed. If you're not athletic, you're not going to be successful. But you've got to have a high basketball IQ. Well, he's and, in and you like better shape than me. But. Chris Paul is another guy. I'm not going to say that he's not very athletic, but he's not an above the rim yeah. finisher. But because of his basketball IQ, Chris Paul has been well. Trey Young's not either effective his entire career, yeah. and like not effective is a weak word. Honestly, Chris Paul's been a star his entire career. So you know the athleticism tends to translate it tends to to carry over into the nba and that's why i like stanley even though his shot is not as strong as some of these other guys um but he he's projected quite a bit lower than some of these other guys that we're talking about too there's another guy that's super athletic but he's kind of transitioning from being a big player to the wing and so that's like his, his draft stock is very low right now but he he's an above the rim guy, super explosive. Kenyon Martin Jr. is a guy that we haven't really talked about, and and we're not going to talk about him tonight. But he's one that that's I was wondering if we were ever super. Talk we about we him. we will, yeah, I was we, we were, yeah. 
I'm going to talk about him. I like him, but the transition from playing in the post to being a wing guy, because that's what he's at six, seven, he's not going to be a, a post guy. And then, you know, you, you have to, you got guys like PJ Tucker that play in the post at six, five Draymond green, but Kenyon Martin doesn't play that big. Yeah. So he's not going to be, he's not going to be a four, a, a smaller four or five guy that muscles his way into it. He's going to transition to the wing. So Isaiah Joe, that's who we're talking about. He is a six five guard from Arkansas with a six foot ten inch wingspan. Go ahead, Sam. Light me up with some stats. What you got? Right on. I've got his last two. Well, it was only two years in college. Excuse me. With Arkansas, which ones you want? Would you you want to do the most recent? Let's do the most recent. That's fine. Cool. 2019-20. Played in twenty six games. Started twenty five of them. Played 36 minutes. Field goal percentage was right at the 37 mark. Three-point percentage was uh, 34%. Free throw percentage, 89. That wins championships. Let's go. Free throws win championships. They sure do. Ask them Denver Nuggets. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, rebounds, 4.1. Assists, 1.7. Steals, 1.4. Blocks, 0.3. We're not going to talk about those. And then points is, uh, we're going to round that up right at 17 mark. All right, so... The 34% from three was on 10 attempts. Yep. And here's a, as a freshman with Arkansas, he shot almost 42% from three. The difference is Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford was an NBA caliber big man. So when Gafford was at Arkansas, their offense ran from the inside out. So Gafford was a focus for the defenses. And Isaiah Joe got a lot more open looks he shot eight a game his freshman year, and he shot it at 42%. So he shot a high volume at 42% his freshman year. His sophomore That's year, he was more of the focus on the defense. You've obviously you got Mason Jones. We've talked about Mason. We're going to talk about Mason and Isaiah a little bit more at, on a later show. But you, you've got these guys that go from, you know, Gafford's the focus of the defense – now he's gone, okay, Isaiah Joe looked like a stud in his freshman year, and then Gafford's gone, and it's like, oh, man, his three-point percentage dropped 8%. Um, did he get worse? No. No. He didn't. He wasn't taking high-quality shots. Like, he had to take more contested shots when Gafford left because there wasn't somebody to draw the defense away from him. So, for me... I know there's a lot of you guys that love Mason Jones and you think that he's the answer because he can score at all three levels. He's he's an elite scorer. Mason like, Jones is an I elite like scorer. I do like Mason Jones, but I think Isaiah Joe is a better fit because Mason Jones defense, man, I like you you have to be effective on defense. Isaiah Joe with his wingspan disrupts passes. His blocks are not very high. He's a guard. You don't have to have a lot of blocks from your guards. But he has blocked shots out on the perimeter. It's He's a smart player. His shooting, his catch-and-shoot ability is is insane. You know, like I said, 42% on eight, eight attempts a game as a freshman. Uh, he can shoot it off the dribble. He shot 39% on jumpers off of the bounce this season. And he can shoot it from freaking forever. 63 feet out. 
I, not that maybe far, exaggerating a that's little the three bit. point line on the other <laughs> end so but you know he, he's got he's got endless range he can shoot and that's a that's a reoccurring thing a lot of these guys that we're talking about endless range that's becoming more and more common because of what the game has turned into he uses his step back and side steps to create space so he can create his own shot there's a lot of things in isaiah joe's game that you plug him in a taylor jenkins system boom he's going to be a fit right off the bat I think that he could have an impact coming as a second-round pick in his rookie season. I really think that you could see Isaiah Joe on the floor for the Grizzlies. I really do. That's And I think the same thing about Elijah, Elijah Hughes. I have no idea why I can't say his name, Sam. It's killing me. Elijah Hughes? Yes. I stumble a lot. A lot, a lot. Every time. <laughs> Isn't there a song like that? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I wasn't trying to sing a song. Nobody wants to hear that, I promise you. But I, Isaiah Joe, I, I said he's one of the, you know, I said top five. I didn't run off a of top five. But he's one of the guys that I would like to see the Grizzlies target. That That's, you take the most, that like the most talented player that's on the board. When you're second round, you take the most talented player on the board at 40. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you have to do. And any of these guys that we talked about, Cassius Stanley, Isaiah Joe, there, there's plenty of guys that we're going to talk about. There's another guy on the next episode that we're going to talk We're going to talk about um, a few. We're, we're going to probably fit in three or four on the next show. And there'll be a couple guys in there that I really like because of how – yeah, they're further down in the draft. They're not going first round. But I think that they genuinely have first-round talent. But because of where they're at and what's going on with everything, they're just not projected that high. So we'll, we'll get into that in the next show. But Isaiah Joe would be a, a fantastic fit. Um, he needs to he needs to bulk up. You know, he's, not, he's tall and lanky he needs to gain some weight I, the last i saw last weight i saw on him was like 170 65 170 I got, got got a bulk up 180 yeah 180 so you I know, got. he's put on a little bit but you've got to be stronger the, the nba they're bigger stronger faster you've got to get in Weird. when he gets drafted and i'm sure now he's already working on it pre-draft he's in the gym and he's bulking up and he's putting on this muscle he's gonna have to be bigger and stronger to, to compete with these guys um, his shot selection, he averaged 9.1 three-point attempts for his career at Arkansas. Again, he's a primary guy in the offense. He shot eight a game in his freshman year with Gafford there at 42%. I'm going to hold on to that number. I feel like the 34% from this year is just a lie. Not, It's not a lie. It's on a high volume. But the number of quality shots he took, how many of those were contested, and how much was it the defense was focused on him? We'll go with so, his career, and it's right at 39%. 39% so. for his career. That's that's solid. That's what we're going to stick with. Well, one glaring thing that I saw in the videos that I watched is he is not he's surprisingly not that good at shooting off the screen. He tends to kind of fade with momentum. So if he's coming around a screen to his right and he catches the ball – when he, he's jumping, he's not planting that foot and going straight up. His momentum's kind of carrying him in whatever direction that he's going, and that leads to the ball fading and him missing shots. And I saw that over and over again. So that's something – that's a coachable thing that with the percentages and stuff that he shoots, that's something that he could 
definitely overcome. You work with a guy, Grayson Allen is really good coming off of a screen, playing that foot, coming up, boom, drilling it. J.J. Redick is another guy. That's who I he's, was about to say, he's made his He's made his career yep. coming off of screens, playing that foot, pulling straight up and drilling the shot. When Isaiah Joe is square, his shot is good. And so he just has to work on not fading, not let his momentum fade, like cause him to drift, causing that shot to drift, plant that foot, go straight up, square to the basket, and let it fly. And I think he'll be fine with that. You're going to point out weaknesses. Anybody that's fallen to the second round, there's definitely holes in their games. But you're looking for a guy with talent that you can coach up. And you can fix it. That's right. There's nothing in his game that is um, a big glaring red flag of, oh, my goodness, why is he doing this? I don't know if that can be fixed. It's just not there. There there are plenty of guys that we're going to talk about that are going to have those type of things. And, if, you know, for some coaches, they may be like, okay, I, I don't care what, you know, other people are saying. I think that we can coach that out of them. So we'll see where that goes. Again, we, we covered Isaiah Joe and Mr. Skyler Mays, two more guards. This is what we're going to do, Sam. We'll do some more guard slash wings in the next show. The following show, we're going to do an all big man review. Oh, we, boy. We've not talked about any of the bigs. Largely due to the part that I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to target big men. Well, no, they have. Well, right now they have. Well, they've got quite a. Technically, if you look at it, they if you count Jaron Jackson, Jonas, Brandon Clark, Gorgie Zhang. I mean, those right there, you got four. So Zhang is not part of the future. No, but um, and he under contract till next year. Yeah, he's got an expiring contract. I think that he gets moved at the trade deadline. I I just the expiring contract. Shoot. <laughs> One thing yeah. I was going to mention too, though. Go ahead. Jokic was. Uh, oh, I'm clicking on things. I wanted to be sure before I said it, but I was pretty sure he was drafted 41st, yeah. second round. Th- there's there's plenty of time. Mark Gasol is another second round guy. And see, I didn't think of that. You know, there there's plenty of guys that come out of the second round that have you know great careers i'm not saying that there's definitely talent there it's not, all about developing i'm not saying you know? these people are going to be a Jokic, but that would be awesome how, how many how many number one picks came to the <laughs> nba and flopped anthony bennett greg odin I mean, you, you can, oh, you done went there. Hashim to beat was not a number one well, but he, he was, was like, like third two, or something two or like, three it, dude there's plenty of first round talent in air quotes here that get drafted super high that don't live up to it. So there's no lie. There's not a position of if I've got the number one pick, it's a guaranteed that this guy is going to be a stud. And I know that Anthony Edwards is super talented and there's a lot of people thinking that he's going number one. I'm I Dude, think, he he's not he's not the first pick for me. I think Lamelo would go first. I I don't know who it will be, man. It's it's gonna be you know. But who had Timberwolves have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, who and then Golden have? State's got two. Oh, of course they do. So you know who? All right, is Golden State gonna move their pick? The Timberwolves are not moving it. They're gonna draft no, somebody. They're gonna. I I don't know which way they're going, who they're looking at, or whatever. But th- there's not a there's no lock. 
you can draft anywhere and be a flop, or you can come from well forty first and be on and be a freaking you know, stud five years yeah. later. Well, it was an all star. It was, th- and it was three. The, it was three years later when he started getting yeah. on the scene. When Jokic was, he just he finally was able to do a push up, and then he got going. So that was literally <laughs> the story that. Watched some documentary on YouTube about him when he first came in, couldn't do a push-up and stuff, and then he finally started working out and getting a little slimmer, and next thing you know, here here he is. So yeah. that's exactly what yeah. happened. It's about work ethic, and that's... And he like, had it. My, my number one guy that I would like to see the Grizzlies target in this draft, and I know they're probably not going to trade up to get him, is Aaron Neesmith, yeah. because of the number of scouting reports that I've read that say... His work ethic, his work ethic, his work ethic. You've got to put the work in. You have to. You can have all the talent in the world, and if you don't put the work in, there's going to be guys out here that don't have the talent that you have, but they're close, and they work harder than you, and they show you up. So Aaron Neesmith would be first and foremost for me. I didn't know a whole lot about him. Somebody mentioned him, so I went in and started researching and reading but he would be the number one target for me in this draft. If I could have anybody in this draft for the Grizzlies, realistically, the Grizzlies are not going to trade up into the top two spots. I don't. I don't. I don't. They would have to give up so much to do that. Yeah, they, they they've don't been, need to do. They've that. been acquiring assets. I don't see them making any huge trades. They would this have to offseason. trade Brandon or something, and I don't see them doing that. There, there's nobody in this draft this year that I'm willing to give up Brandon Clark for. No. There's not a single person. And don't you dare trade Jonas for the Warriors pick, neither. I done heard your talks. Don't do it. I'm completely fine with that. Well, the Dave's fine, and he's going to die before the end of the day, but... <laughs> Dang, Sam. I'm shots fired. <laughs> Holy crap, man. I was just kidding, FBI. <laughs> don't All listen right, to me. All right, we're going to close it out, guys. You can find the show on Twitter at HoopBallGrizz. I am at DWill2111. Sam is... It is Sammy B 1118 That is a capital S, lowercase A-M-M-Y, capital B, 1118. Hit us up, man. We'll chit-chat. Hit up Dave. He'll chit-chat to you more because he likes that Twitter. <laughs> I try to get on it, but I'm on it occasionally, but... Anyway, hit us up. Get, get me on it more. Yeah, send me a message. I'll be on it more. Yeah. There you go. We, we need to get Sam more involved. He's That's slacking right. over there. Trail. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go Green. Go Green. Yay, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.